Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am joined with Elizabeth Rosenberg, and we're going to be talking about how to go from extreme stress and burnout to business owner. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zalmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've also published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Elizabeth Rosenberg. And she is the founder of The Good Advice Company, a marketing and communications consultancy that coaches agencies, brands, and C-suite leaders on global messaging strategies, brand positioning, and thought leadership. An entrepreneur at her core, Elizabeth's true passion lies in working with new or reimagined cutting-edge brands that are bringing consumers products and tools that make life more enjoyable, accessible, and healthy. Based in Los Angeles, Elizabeth is also currently working on her book and speaking about her health and wellness journey while maintaining a high-profile position, working with some of the best-known and innovative brands in the world. She truly believes there is a future where wellness, intuition, and the corporate world collide. Welcome, Elizabeth. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's always so funny when someone reads your bio back. You feel like such an imposter, but you're like, I guess that is what I do. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and it is what I do. I know, right? That is me. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. I'm I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to um, be able to talk about my own wellness journey and my experience with burnout and kind of how that led into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think more now than ever people are dealing with a lot more stress and burnout with COVID and constantly changing and evolving um, rules and and regulations going on. And, you know, are kids going to go to school today? Are they going to stay home? Um, There's just so much uncertainty, right? And uncertainty really can cause stress. Um, And so I think this topic is just so important and I'm glad we're going to be diving into it. And just talking about some ways to overcome burnout because burnout's real. And if you don't take the time to address it, because some people just kind of like keep pushing it to the side and burying it. And that was (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And if you don't deal with it, it's just going to blow up in your face at some point, whether in the form of injury or illness or, you know, something else that's unpleasant. So really thrilled to have you here. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my journey. So I uh, have been in PR and marketing for over 20 years. And I was at a job that I loved very much with a very high profile brand. I was traveling the world. I mean, I I think there is a huge um, myth that you can only burn out if you don't like your job. Mm, And I loved my job. Um, but I, in one year had traveled 80,000 miles. I had a team of two. I was responsible for offices all over the world. And 
the thing about burnout that is tricky is that your body is giving you signs and some reason your brain is pushing you through Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and telling you, no, no, that's not what's happening. So I, we had had a day of really intense meetings, C-suite changes that as the PR person I was responsible for. And I started to get a migraine. Now I've been a migraine sufferer for um, 38 years (laughs) since I was four years old. And my mom said that she used, my mom is also a migraine sufferer, but I used to like scratch my hands. So my hands would hurt more than my head as a child. And as a child, they gave you like codeine and like fear set. I mean, they gave you completely drugs that didn't really work. Um, (laughs) They don't even give out codeine anymore. (laughs) It was wild. But, and I was allergic to codeine, which the irony behind all of it, I would throw up and they thought it was my migraine. And actually I was just sick of codeine. But um, it was just one of those experiences where I was like, ooh, mm. the whole day was falling apart. My head really started to hurt. I have always been able to power through a migraine, almost always. Um, I got in my car and drove home. I live about 15 minutes from work, about five minutes outside um, of my office. I pulled over on the side of the 405 freeway, totally not safe. Um, it's like a main freeway in Los Angeles. Threw up on the side of the road. Ended up calling, you know, when you're in crisis and you're 35 years old, you call your mother. (laughs) And um, she was like, I think something's wrong with you. And I started slurring my words. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, well, I'm not going to sit on the side of the road on, you know, in the middle of traffic. Got back in my car, (laughs) proceeded to get onto the 10 freeway on my way home and had to pull over on the 10 freeway. She's screaming at me, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. Um she ends up calling my dad who ends up meeting me at the hospital. And by the time I got into the hospital, I had lost all of my motor skills. Clearly I should not have been driving. Um, and I kind of like threw my keys and threw my insurance card at the front desk in the ER and collapsed on the floor. Um, I proceeded to then go into shock. Um, and they were screaming at me, Oh my God, what's wrong? What's wrong? What did you take? They thought I had had a drug mm, overdose. Sure. Then they thought that I, um, it's so funny. Cause I remember so clearly, like, even like what I was wearing that day. Um, then they thought that, um, I had like something, you know, I was having a stroke or I'd had a, like a brain tumor. I'm doing all of these tests. Finally, I'd calmed down enough to tell them that I was having a migraine and they were like, Oh, well, Okay gave me some medicine. Three hours later, I was fine. I was like, you know, disheveled and, and I think drained, but my headache was gone. And I went home and I had had 30 missed calls, about 300 emails. And, um, it was around five o'clock at night and I dove back into work and worked for another three hours. And I think that if somebody had said to me, this is what was wrong with you. You have a brain tumor. That's it. That's that was why you had a migraine. I at least would have had like a reason because I right. think that the issue with burnout is that we experience these things and then we don't realize that this was a manifestation of stress. And um, there's nothing oftentimes physically wrong with you. It just manifests into a, a shock that is telling you that you have to take a break. Um, and a lot of the time we don't want to take a break we, we think that we're stronger than that. So, um, that led to this like really wild wellness journey where I like tried everything. Um, cause I could not really accept the fact that like I had done this to myself. Um, and then 
if you want to read more about this, uh, it is in Business Insider and on my Medium page. I wrote kind of my entire story down. And it was I it was shocking because I received hundreds of messages from people all over the world um, who had experienced something similar. And I remember that morning when I put out that op-ed, it was just this fear of everyone is going to see me as weak. And um, right. um, there was a lot of vulnerability in that. But there was also a lot of strength in that, um, being able to share that story. So I do hope that more and more people do talk about burnout and kind of what that meant for them. If somebody told me three years ago that I would be on podcasts and I'd be writing stories about my burnout experience, I would have told them they were crazy because that's something super personal that I didn't want to share. But every time I share my story, I think it makes other people feel Mm -hmm. um, like they're not alone. So I'm always happy to share everything I can. You know, and I feel, well... I know in America, we wear busyness as a badge of honor. Like the more busy you are, the more important you are, self-important, right? And it's so unhealthy. Like we're the only country that does this to ourselves. And it's like, where did this come from? This need to like do, 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 and and just be busy, 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 busy. And in all reality, that's, that's going to burn you out. That's going to cause illness. It's going to cause disease. And, and, you know, what you were talking about earlier with your own experience, it's, it's sort of that boiling the frog analogy, where if you Mm -hmm. put a a frog in cold water and start boiling it, it doesn't know it's being boiled. Right. Like until it's, I've never heard that. That's crazy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, you, you're just slowly killing yourself without ever realizing it. And that migraine was telling you, you needed to slow down, but you chose not to listen. And, you know, that's just such a natural reaction. I think in general, I mean, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you combat burnout and I, or how do you see it coming? And I think oftentimes it's hard to see it coming because we naturally, again, it's very American, right. Have been taught Mm -hmm. to ignore it. (laughs) Yep. Um, and in the world that we're living in right now with, so much uncertainty about where we're going and what we're doing. And I think this great reevaluation of really trying to find happiness and what our purpose is, um, we ignore so many of the signs that we're throwing at ourselves. So oftentimes, again, people say, how, how can you see it coming? And I tell this, and I, I, this is not popular when I say this, but I really don't think that you know that you're burned out until it's happened. No, I agree. And then I think, and then I think that's the rock bottom that you need in order to make a change in your life. If I hadn't experienced that experience, I would not be where I am today. I would not um, have the boundaries that I have today. I would not be dealing with the different kind of clients and different kind of people that I'm working with today. So I look at it as like one of the worst experiences of my life, but in the end, one of the best because it was necessary for me to get to where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and anyone listening, I encourage you to go back. It's one of my early episodes with Dr. Maggie Yu, and she talks about how our emotions can cause disease and how when we are in a heightened state of burnout or stress or, or anything, what, you know, it could be anger, yeah. rage, whatever, um, we start making ourselves sick and, stress is no exception. And in your case, it manifested as a massive migraine. You know, Mm -hmm. you even, it's really interesting that the emergency room was like, are you having a stroke? Do you have a brain tumor? And then you're like, I had a migraine and they're like, oh, like, (laughs) like, 
still by I could can not be an underlying cause of so many things of everything <laughs> right. I mean I could not talk I couldn't use my mm-hmm. like it was like I mean I was just and I could hear everything that was happening and I could see things around me but it was like an out-of-body experience had that I mean, never happened was, to you before with a migraine I've no I mean I've again I've had migraines my entire life I've gotten nauseous I've gotten you know I've had to um you know, go to sleep. I've had that kind of stuff, but I've never had where I like actually mm. lost my motor skills. Like yeah. this was like, I, because my body knew that I could power through that too. You know, it was wild. Yeah. I'll get yeah. slurry and very uncoordinated when I get a really, I, fortunately they're not very often. Um, but yeah. when I get a bad one, yeah. Yeah. It's always funny when people it's have scary. headaches are like, I think I had a migraine. You're like, girl, <laughs> if, if you would know if you had a migraine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, there's a lot of things that I've done in the last few years since then to help my migraines. I think the first thing is, is I went on this again, this like wild wellness journey, um, that I don't need to get into, but I think that the biggest note on that is to try everything that you think is going to be helpful for you. I think oftentimes when something's wrong, people are like, Oh my God, did you try this? I swear if one more person tells me to like take magnesium, I'm going to, I can't. Um, because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. And you need to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing too, and people are very well-intentioned, you know, they have the best intentions, but it's just like, because I've gotten stuff like that a lot too. Like, Oh, magnesium. That helps me. Have you tried Mm -hmm. this? Yeah, exactly. That's nice. (laughs) I've, yes, I've tried it. Mm, Thank you. You know, and, and I hate to come across as like, so, um, Oh, what's the word? Is that condescending? Um, or whatever that word is I'm looking for. I hate coming across like that, but it is, it's like, you've had 20 people tell you a supplement or a diet and you're like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, tried it. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's different. Cause I mean, again, I've had migraines since I was four. So it was like, even when I see a new neurologist, they're like, have you ever seen a neurologist? I like laughed on the phone <laughs> the other day to a doctor. I'm like, yeah, duh. yeah. Like 10, but I, yeah, <laughs> but I think, you know, and I have to say too, through this journey, I've found things that have worked for me. Mm-hmm. For me, acupuncture and Chinese medicine has mm-hmm. been a godsend. Yes. I do take a lot of herbs. I walk incessantly. Like the, that has been the best part of the pandemic for me is I like stress walk all over town. Um, I <laughs> like exercise and I mean, on, I'm not like that, like meme lady who just like cruises around. I wish I could be that fast. Um, but no, I'm that girl who has like either podcast in or is like belting out her best version of Alanis Morissette throughout town. I'm sure they, the neighbors love me at this point, but I'm living my best life. Um, but it is, I think the most important thing with burnout, and again, after you've experienced it and after you've found things that work for you is like setting boundaries. Mm, Like if you need, if you need therapy, whether, whatever that therapy looks like physical therapy, emotional therapy, mental therapy, healers, whatever your jam is, you need to take that time to do that for yourself. Um, You need to invest in your own health. Because otherwise you're just going to be like a lump in the office. You're not actually going to be effective. Um, I also think that you need to have a lot of grace around yourself. Um, you need to give yourself a little compassion and a little empathy and what you would offer to other people. If somebody were to say to you, I'm burning out, I feel this, I need to do this. 
a, a, a kind, thoughtful, generous manager would say to that person, take the time you need. We're going to work around your schedule to figure out how we can get you healthy so you can actually be good at your job. You kind of need to do that for yourself too. We, we need to self-advocate. And I think that it's a very, very hard lesson to learn. But once you put mm-hmm. it into practice, it's something that becomes, I think, more natural for you to do. Yeah. So what are some of the steps or tools that you acquired um, to help you with your burnout? Yeah. Um, I no longer take day of meetings. Now, when mm. I say that people like that's a boundary and are like, oh my God, what, like, what does that mean? 99% of the time. And I'm a, in PR where we are in crisis on a regular basis. So <laughs> right. the fact that I don't take, I, I, if I can do it, I believe anybody can. Um, 99% of the time, a meeting that just thrown onto your books throws your entire day off. Mm -hmm. It's normally not necessary. It's normally something that can either be resolved with an email can happen the next day or something that can be resolved without you. So I think setting that boundary early in early in the year is a huge, actually, honestly, any time of the year is a huge, um, savior for your schedule. Um, I think the other thing too, is turning off Slack notifications or any kind of messenger notifications during hours where you don't want to. So for instance, have them available on your phone from, you know, nine to five, take them off from after five o'clock, turn them back on the next morning. Don't have that on, on the weekend. And I know it's hard, but like slowly, but surely this practice will become more comfortable and people will realize when you're available and when you're not. I also think it's funny there was something I saw the other day that there's like two types of people, like someone who sends, um, email replies in like 27 seconds or someone that sends it like three months later. And I'm totally (laughs) that that person. It's like, if I don't reply immediately, it's like you've fallen into the abyss and I will get back to you eventually. Like if somebody really needs you, they will follow up. And again, I think this just has a lot of grace around like, we are all doing the best we can right now. And I know that like, there's so many outside influences that are affecting us in the workplace and in our personal lives. So to remember that everyone is going through that just makes you a better human. Mm -hmm. You go into your day knowing that if someone snaps at you or someone's upset or someone needs something, it's not about you. And once you kind of like let that go, it is a mental game changer for you. Yeah. You know, and setting boundaries and a schedule is so important. I know when I had my photography studio, um, I only took evening appointments on Tuesday, Thursdays and no weekends, uh, unless it was a wedding. Um, and people would get snippy. Like I can only do Sunday. Well, I'm not open on Sundays and they (laughs) always manage to make it work. Right. Like, okay, fine. I'll do Tuesday, you know? And it's like, but if you just cave into them, you're working around their schedule, but it should be the other way around. It's your business. You set the boundaries, you set the rules and they follow them and they will follow them. (laughs) And they will follow them. Maybe you'll lose one or two clients. Right. And that's fine. They weren't your client. You didn't want them. The, one of the best things that somebody said to me this year, which I literally have like written in stuff on my wallet is no is a full sentence. Mm, If you're feeling nice, if you're feeling nice add a thank you at the end, but it's okay to say no, we do not need to people please. And I don't believe 
that we are capable of having strong boundaries unless we empower ourselves to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Around everything, right? Around clients, for instance, around people trying to grab time that's not theirs. Because uh, once you kind of like start to let that waver, it's like the floodgates are broken and everyone starts taking advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people do take advantage. Um, I I had a dear friend, she called it her helium hand. Um, whenever she was at a meeting or whatever at work at, at or a volunteer mm-hmm. organization, they'd be like, so who would like to do this? And she'd be like, me, <laughs> her hand was always that first one to go up. And it took her a really long time to learn how to keep the hand down and to say no, or you know, she wasn't even saying no. She just wasn't, you know, jumping up to, to take on that task. Um, and some people feel really like they want to be so involved in everything, but at the end of the day, we all have the same 24 hours, right? Yeah. I think, you know, accepting that you're not going to be in every meeting is the first step. Mm -hmm. I remember being like, I'm not needed if I'm not, not meeting. And then it was like, then why am I here? What am, why am I good at my, you know, like then you spiral and just be like, oh my God, instead of thinking they didn't invite me think, oh my God, I just got that time back. That that was amazing. Good for me. It's a good reframe. Totally. I also think that there's this really misconstrued idea of work-life balance. I hate that phrase because I don't believe that it exists. There are times in your life where work is going to be more prevalent. And there are times in your life where your personal life is going to be more prevalent. It's just this constant like act that we are trying to somehow figure out. So I think if we get rid of this idea that that is even a phrase that we should ever use, it completely kind of readjusts how we think about how we live and that it's all okay. Sometimes, uh, you know, like it's okay to put yourself first. And I think, (laughs) you know, the the work-life balancing, like I think back, I was a waitress for many years and I would leave work and I was done with work. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I might wake up at two in the morning and remember, oh, I forgot to bring a Diet Coke to table 10. But, you know, that's just one of those things as a server you'll relate to. Um, but I think when we're business owners, we we don't know how to shut it off. Mm-hmm. And we go home and we're still checking those emails. We're still responding to those emails at 1030 at night. Right. Like that could wait till the next morning. Um And I think we're teaching a whole generation of kids that that is what work is now. And, you know, we're setting that example. And, you know, I have so many friends who once the kids go to bed, they're working until, you know, midnight, one in the morning, and then they get up and do it again. And we have to find that like switch, right? Just Mm -hmm. like when you walk away from your serving job, you're done for the day. You don't have to think about it. Like, that's like when I'm traveling, when I'm on vacation, when I'm on a true vacation, I like hardly think about my job. And it kind of is weird when you realize I haven't thought about work in four days. Right. But it feels so good. (laughs) The best advice I give for vacations. And even if it's a staycation at home is to take your email off of your phone. Yeah. You just toggle a little switch. It makes everything. And then you can turn it back on later. Um, And it's interesting, I think, as you're talking about, I'm going back to this helium hand, which I love that phrase. I find Mm -hmm. that to be 
super Mm -hmm. interesting. Part of what I do is I help C-suite leaders with their thought leadership. And a lot of that is behavioral analytics and um, how they relate to things. I do Enneagram, I do PI, and a lot of those helium handers are natural nurturers and helpers, and they truly can't help it. And I'm a strong Enneagram too. And I too, like naturally help. I think that's probably why I'm in PR. Um, to amplify the voices of those who can't do it themselves. And um, my coach said to me, you need to go a whole week without offering unsolicited advice. And I was like, (laughs) or unsolicited advice, sorry, unsolicited advice, which is hard as the good advice company um, and unsolicited help. And she goes, you're naturally on the phone and you're like, oh, wait, I can introduce you to this person or I can do this. And she goes, and there goes 70% of your day is doing things for people who literally did not even ask for it. Your energy is just being spewed to others instead of taking care of it yourself. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to do my job? That just feels completely unrealistic and there's no way. So to anybody out there who is a natural, you know, nurturer and helper, I just recommend trying 24 hours of not offering help to anybody who didn't ask for it. If someone Mm -hmm. specifically asked for it, help away. That is where your, that is where your nurture can shine. But if somebody is on the phone and saying, or, you know, in person and you see a huge problem then you're like, it would be so easy for me to fix this in two seconds, unless they ask for it, step away. (laughs) And I have to tell you my 24 hours turned into a week, turned into two weeks, turned into months. And, you know, there's times now where even I will offer, I'll offer help and I'll be like, oh, just reverted back to my old (laughs) self. But I think, you know, I have grace around that too. Doing the best we can. And you acknowledge but it. <clears throat> but now I know to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it really is the best advice that I've ever given anyone is just stop offering unsolicited help. And we'll, you'll just be revived. And it's also a self-care thing. It's like normally when we're offering people help, it's because we need help ourselves. I think Adam Grant said that. It was the, the advice you give is normally advice you need. Yeah. And I loved that so yeah, that's much because now I listen to advice that I'm giving other people and I'm like, oh, a little lesson for myself. There you go. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, this has been such a great conversation. We could talk about this literally all day, but I do want to make sure we get to mention your website. People can find you at thegoodadvicecompany.com. And as always, we have a clickable link in the show notes, but tell our listeners a little bit about what they can expect to find and how to work with yeah. you. Um, my, the thing that I'm doing right now that I'm loving the most is really helping C-suite leaders or to be C-suite leaders um, on their personal branding, thought leadership, and really helping them find their purpose. I feel like I have gone down a very exciting path of living my purpose the last two years. So the more that I can help people find that and find something that they're really loving to do um, is just like lighting me up inside. So I do hope that I can help people there. And I always recommend for people to follow me on LinkedIn. I am the most honest and vulnerable and authentic and um, I give a lot of advice. So it's probably the best place to find me too. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here today. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you.
And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it through a membership on Patreon for just $5 a month, which is about the cost of one cup of coffee. You can find that at patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.